The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Welcome to today's episode of the Bright Side Podcast. My guest today is 2019's Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Cover Girl, Camille Kostek. I mean, where do we even begin? That is like, where do you go from there? That is the ultimate. It has been, yeah, so we're in May right now. It is officially like the one-year anniversary since I got the cover, and still one year later, having this introduction, it still leaves me like speechless and like, how did I get here? I don't even understand. But I mean, I do understand because this was like a 12 year long journey, but I will forever be so grateful to have this, this title because I'll carry it on with me forever. Well, okay. So when you say it was a 12 year journey, can you walk us through Mm -hmm. what that means? Cause you're, you're really young, right? I'm 28 now, but I got, so I got the cover when I was 27 years old and my modeling career before that point was really kind of not defined. I wasn't, signed with any big reputable agencies. You know, I had a boutique agency in Boston, as you know, you're a girl from New England, you know that it's not a big fashion world over here until you kind of step into New York City. So, and I had a really hard time signing there. So I just was 15 years old. It was the first time I ever picked up an SI swimsuit magazine. It was like, oh my gosh, I know that I grew up a dancer, but suddenly I want to model because it just was the first time that I saw in this world filled of advertisements between social media and, and billboards and commercials and magazines and covers and ads. And it was the first time that I saw something that wasn't, it looked raw. I saw mm. hips, I saw thighs, I saw freckles. I saw, I saw like all walks of life kind of being represented and it. it just, it excited me. I'd never had this passion to figure out, you know, my way in the modeling world. And that always kind of just like stuck with me. So I remember talking with my friends in high school and growing up, always being like, one day I want to be a model for Sports Illustrated Swimsuit. And it was just always something I said. And I really wanted to do it, but it was one of those things. It's like, how do you get there? You know, how do you, how do you become a man on the moon? How do you, it's like one of those kind of like those dreams. Like it was a dream. How do, how do you get there? You don't just knock on the door and say, I'd like to be Sports Illustrated Swimsuit model. So I learned you have to get an agency and whatever else. And that was where the journey began because I learned a lot about people having things to say about your body um, that sometimes you don't really have control over. And essentially it ended up kind of getting in the way of me maybe becoming an SI swimsuit model sooner because you have to be signed typically in order to be seen. And um, we'll get into it, but I got in without an agent um, because of a casting call they held. So it was different. I mean, I think that that's what's so cool about what Sports Illustrated has done, especially over the last few years, is to really more broadly represent women of different sizes, Mm -hmm. shapes, backgrounds. And okay, so that makes a lot of sense then why so early on you specifically had this goal to be a Sports Illustrated model. Yeah, and that's all it was. It was a goal. I didn't know how to get there. So it was kind of like the timing was perfect because I think that if I didn't, you know, maybe if I had gotten it a little bit sooner, I wouldn't have been a, I don't know, I would have always been appreciative, but it just means so much more. And I've been able to do so much more with this platform at 27 than maybe I would have done at 18 years old. A hundred percent. Cause yeah, exactly. Having gone through some more challenging experiences leading to getting to this point, you probably mm-hmm. learned so much that you're now able to share. And I mean, I personally believe in manifestation. So like when you tell this story, it totally mm-hmm. makes me think that because I've had several experiences where I feel like I'll have a goal in mind that I think is totally unrealistic. And right. I won't necessarily have a particular plan in mind to get there, but 
it just sort of somehow ends up working out in one way or another. And so do you, do you believe in that? Like, do you think that that has something to do with it? 100%. And I, I, it has a lot to do with it. A lot, obviously, as you know, you know, everything that fell into to place in your life that you, you may have manifested came with a lot of work and journeys and struggles and so forth. But let me tell you, I mean, the world works off energy. Mm-hmm. We're literally, you're, you're going to get me in my crazy girl mode to some people. Some people will get it <laughs> like you, but we're, no, we're I think this- <laughs> I'm, I'm a crazy girl too. So just please okay. like, like, let me have it. <laughs> it's actually, it's actually means we're really normal because we're not, you know, seeing things just the way that we've like learned in school or the way that we've been like hypnotized to learn things. It means that we have a broader mind. It's actually, you're more normal to not be technically normal, but I think about it and we're like, we're on this planet in an infinite galaxy that literally works off energy. How is light created? The sun gives you energy. Everything is, it moves and works off of energy. And so does these earthly bodies. So do these thoughts. The power of the mind is so real. And the things that you believe, the things that you say, the things that you think and feel, you literally are honing in on all of that in the universe that you live in right now. And I truly believe that from talking about it, from looking at it, from creating a vision board, waking up every day for two years with on Kate Upton's body from her 2017 cover with my little CVS printout face on it, you know, that was part of that ma- manifestation for me. Wait, did because you do that? Without, oh yeah. That is every so day. Cute. I saw what it would look like. And, and, you know, I feel so lucky that my rookie year turned into the cover year. But I really do believe that I started to feel those feelings very soon. You know, maybe I almost wonder, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to go back in time and do it all over again, but I almost wonder if I didn't put as much thought and feeling into it as much as I did my work, I wonder if cover would have came a little bit later, but I was ready. I felt it. Per your own description of the, what the process was, it seems almost like against all odds, you ended up in this place, right? Like it, and that's what I think is so wild is like people who you might think would have this trajectory right directly to success may end up that never happens. Right. But then people who it seems like it would be more difficult for end up being like these superstars. And I do think that what sets people apart a lot of the time is just your outlook and Mm -hmm. having a positive mindset. And like, you know, I mean, there's so much that goes into it, obviously building good relationships, but I think people who have, you know, like this positive energy and spirit attract good things. 100%. Now that we're talking about like our craziness, but it's yeah. it's really not because I'm not like a diehard person when it comes to astrology, but I do find it very interesting. And there's an actual therapist, like a renowned therapist I know, who actually also believes that he's like, look, like to your point, we are living on a planet where like the oceans are controlled by the gravitational pull of the moon and our bodies are made up of mostly water. So like, why Mm. would the moon not affect us in ways just like it does the oceans and all the other creatures on earth? So it, 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 it's like a more technical reason why astrology actually is a real thing. And like, Mm. you know, how it actually does affect the things that are happening in our lives. So it's true. And you know, I always see all these memes from people making fun of it and they're like, you know, when is Mercury not going to be in retrograde? And when are we not going to have a full moon? Because I can't stand this part of my breakup or this or that, or the energy, the, the anxiety that I feel it, it's real. I know it yeah. sounds funny to a lot of people, but it's true. And even my own boyfriend's like, what is it? What are you going to tell me? This, this argument's generated off the full moon. I was like, probably. <laughs> 
Don't blame like, it on me. You know, exactly. <laughs> well, I know. And I, it's funny because I was, I dated for like two seconds this guy who was so not into that. Like he just was completely mm-hmm. rolled his eyes. But I'm like, you know, I really think it's not a coincidence that we're all sleeping like shit this one week. Or you know what I mean? We're all feeling stress or tension. And then we're all mm-hmm. have, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Who knows? But like, that's the way I like to look at it. And and maybe it's yeah. romantic. Maybe it's like the most romantic way to look at things. But I love yeah. that. I think it's fun. Absolutely. So can you talk about your background? Because you were a dancer mm-hmm. long before Sports Illustrated came around. What kind mm-hmm. of dance did you do? So I was classically trained um, for probably about 25 years. I started off with ballet. I feel like that's the essence of like all dance of learning techniques. So ballet, tap, jazz, lyrical, modern contemporary hip-hop the whole nine and Irish step dancing I even dabbled in there a little did bit you grow up, and, um, sorry to interrupt you but did you grow up in Boston Connecticut in Connecticut okay so you went to school yes. there for dance I, yep I went there and then I went to college I was on the dance team and then I was I chose to be on the dance team so that I could start training to be an NFL cheerleader because ultimately I really wanted to go to school in California because I always wanted to live there another part of the manifestation in my life because I have a, an apartment in Beverly Hills that I, to this day, I'm like, how did I get here? How did small town Connecticut girl get out there? I mean, you know, you're a small town New Hampshire girl yourself. So mm-hmm. and look at like the life that you live. So if something's working for us in this manifestation well, power. <laughs> you know, what's so weird is when I, and I didn't even realize that I had this thing for California, but I must have one from when I was so young because I had a pet rat when I was like 10 or 11 years wow, old. Fun fact. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Things people do not know about. Not a hamster. <laughs> <laughs> but I named my pet rat California Morning. Like I gave her, I was obsessed with horses. You know how horses have formal mm. names and then they have like their, mm-hmm. so I named her California Morning and then I called her Callie. So starting from such a young age, I had this thing for California, I guess. I didn't mm-hmm. really realize. And then as I got older, that just kind of started to fall into place. Like my best friend came to college out here. So then I would visit her a lot. And then I met a guy in Las Vegas on my sister's 21st birthday and he happened to Mm -hmm. live in LA. So then I started doing this back and forth and now here I am, you know, like it really wasn't intentional. You were saying California all the time. (laughs) It was like, oh, do you want that to be your home? We will give that to you. (laughs) Were you a big sports fan? Like were you a Patriots fan growing up? I grew up a sports fan, but I kind of had to figure out my sports teams. For those who don't know about Connecticut, we don't have an MLB team, an NHL team, an NFL team. And so I grew up a Yankees Pat fan. So I got a lot of crap for that. But my mom born in New York, dad born in Massachusetts. So I blame it on them. And I always grew up a Patriots Taylor fan. So I, growing up a dancer... I was like, if I were to ever go pro, it would be Dallas Cowboys cheerleader or Patch cheerleader. So when I ended up going to college in Connecticut, I was like, how do I make the most of this state school? I'm going to be a New England Patriots cheerleader. So I made the team my junior, senior year of college and while well, I was going to school full-time. So that was my my dance world. That's major in itself. I remember just to be, because being a Patch cheerleader, it's like one of the, the Patriots are just such an iconic, even I didn't even grow up a Pats fan because my dad's actually from Pittsburgh. So he was like full on Steelers. Okay. So even though we lived in New England, it was like no to the Patriots. <laughs> having said wow, having yeah. said that though, they're such an iconic team. And I feel like their cheerleading team is like one of the best known and most recognized in the country. Mm-hmm. So I went to college with this 
woman, her, her name is Megan White. I don't know if you know her. It's like so random. But anyway, no. she was a patch cheerleader when I was in college and she was in college at UNH with me. And I remember everyone was obsessed with her and just thought she was the coolest <laughs> person ever because she was a Patriots <laughs> cheerleader. And it was like yep. so legendary to do that. And I remember she was super talented. Like she killed it. But like mm-hmm. that in itself is such a, if you're from New England, that's such an accomplishment. It was actually like, it was my cool girl moment. And I, but it was so funny because I grew up a dancer. And so there's only so many routes you can really go professionally. You know, do you want to be in the Nutcracker at the mm-hmm. New Haven Ballet? Do you want to be on Broadway? And I was like, I want to be pro as a New England Patriots cheerleader. And for me, that was a goal I had set for a really long time as a dancer. So I, I didn't even think about what it would be like to be in college while being on the team. So when I went back, I remember like walking into like the bars and being like, yes, I just got done with a game yesterday on Sunday. Yes, I'm going to the Super Bowl. So I had the opportunity to do that. So it was it was a cool girl moment for sure. Oh, yeah. What a team. It was fun. Because they, they go to the Super Bowl like every year. <laughs> yep. How many, Pretty much. How many years were you a cheerleader with them for? So it was for two seasons in 2013, 14, and 14, 15. And then it was that that Super Bowl in 2015 against the Seahawks. Mal- Malcolm Butler had an interception right at the end. We won the game. And Look at you. We It was amazing. <laughs> it was awesome. And that was like my out. I was like, I'm out. I want to live in California. Next up on the bucket list of manifestation, I got I to gotta get out there. Okay. So you then moved to California. And mm-hmm. what was that like? It was just one of those moments where I was like, school's done. I, you know, I crossed off that goal of wanting to be a, a cheerleader. And then I said, well, what else do I want to do with my life? This is, this is so fun. I, I get to, I get to choose what I want to do. And, you know, for a little bit when I finished school and I kind of took that hiatus from dance for the first time since I was so young, I was like, I want to model. I want, I want, how do I do this? What do I do? And I stayed in new England and I remember going to like one of those firms where you go in and you sit down and you're like, what jobs are open? Because realistically I had to make some money if I wanted to go and live across the country. And it just felt wrong. Like it just felt wrong to be like, okay, well, in order to have this, these expenses, you have to do, have this job that makes, you know, X amount a year. And I was like, okay, okay. And then I was like, this is a waste. I feel, I feel like I'm wasting talent. I love being on camera. What did you study in school? Broadcast journalism? Yep. I studied journalism. I majored in communications and focused in television production and the minor in marketing. And I was like a local access station TV anchor. I was doing some um, internships with CBS Sports in Boston, did some stuff in Rhode Island with a morning show. And I was like, I want to have my own show. I want to be a model for SI swimsuit still. I want to live in California. So I just remember like going in and being like, I got to move across country. I got to buy my flights and I have to get an apartment. How do I do this? My sister's best friend is a news anchor, but like she had to move to some small town in the middle of nowhere in Oregon to even begin because it's not like you just graduate college and you jump into a role in like KTLA or like one of these big news networks, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have to work your way up. And I imagine that the, you know, you're not being paid like tons of money, right? When you first get right. out of school. So if you want to live in mm-hmm. Beverly Hills, that's not like a, a- It's not like an easy move. It's not, it's not like money in the pocket. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. not an easy market to just like dive right into. You'd have to be pursuing something else too. So modeling for you probably made so much more sense in that moment also. Yeah, but it was, but for as much as I wanted to do it, I, I couldn't really crack, I couldn't really crack the industry. I couldn't, I couldn't get in. I that w- really surprises me because I feel like you seems like an obvious person who should be a huge Thanks. model. <laughs> it was just one of those things that I, 
And, you know, I have to thank my mom for it. You know, I grew up without a scale in the house. She always would tell me, it's how you feel when you look in the mirror, when you put your clothes on, not, you know, the number on the scale, which was really true because there'd be times that I would feel amazing and would actually be heavier on the scale. So it was, it was just very interesting how it plays tricks with the mind. But do you find that as you, cause for me personally, and I feel like I've heard this from a lot of my friends as well, as you get older and you just become more confident and insecure in who you are also, mm. I think you learn to appreciate your body when it's in kind of different states. Like I actually like myself a little better with some more weight on, you know, I feel Mm -hmm. like more womanly. And I -hmm. do think that there's something to be said for the fact that the modeling industry has taken a turn. Like you have the Gigi Hadids and like these women who are not just Mm -hmm. real thin, who are, I mean, I guess Mm -hmm. you're a good example of somebody who has like a really healthy Mm -hmm normal body that's like I mean okay, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd say your body's normal because it's insane I know, I, you know, know what what I, mean. I know what you're saying I know you're saying but like it didn't feel normal when I would walk into casting so I understand what you're saying right yeah. and so I think that that there's some something to be said to like credit the industry for moving in that direction but I also just think that you know becoming more sure of yourself and having confidence has a lot to do with mm-hmm. how you feel about your body too Totally. Absolutely. And again, that's one of those things where it really was the right time for me to crack Mm -hmm. into this because I know for a fact, if I had done this at a younger age, when a lot of supermodels start, you know, whether it's 14, 15, 16, I remember even at 18 years old, you're like too old. So I was really kind of like battling against so many of these like constructs, constrictions of like your age, how you're face is aging, how your body is aging. And it was, I was already kind of pushing against that like model industry standard of how my body should look at five, eight. I thought that I was tall. That wasn't necessarily, it was like me, you, you can grow, you can be taller. <laughs> you can um, grow, except you can't. <laughs> exactly. And, um, I just remember being like, I feel so stuck because I'm not asking to walk, you know, these high fashion runway shows where, you know, where, and slowly that's starting to break as well. But I just wanted to be in Sports Illustrated Swimsuit. Right. I was like, this, let's go back to what even got me excited to be in this industry. It was, it was that I could relate mm-hmm. to these models. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a model, not just to be another woman that you flip through the magazine to see, but I wanted someone to be able to be like, oh my gosh, she makes me feel good in my skin. Or wow, she, she's a model, but she has an education and she has this, these future goals and she has these other things she wants to do rather than just being another pretty face. And that also attracted me to it because you look at Heidi Klum, you look at these model moguls like Tyra Banks and Christy Brinkley and Chrissy Teigen and Ashley Graham and Kate Upton. And I'm just like, I have so much I want to do. I would love to be able to do achieve this goal because one, it always excited me at a young age. And two, because there's so much that I want to do that it kind of was like, really did allow me to have this platform to be able to do the things like the own it tour that I have, where it's allowed me to get more eyes from not only women, but from men, you know, you have men that are now looking at a bikini model that necessarily probably wouldn't have shown up to the, to the tour that I do. when I go to the universities to talk about manifesting your life, self-acceptance, self-love, body image, but now they want to come to see maybe not so much to hear the talk, but they're like, Oh, I'm a fan of Camille, the swimsuit model. Let's hear what she has to say in my school. And it's really cool you know, to have those moments after where they're like, let me tell you, I typically wouldn't have walked in here, but I have you on the cover of my issue and I want to see what you're all about. And I was like, and that's a big reason why I also wanted to continue to pursue this because I wanted to get the eyes and ears of people that maybe I typically wouldn't have if I hadn't been a model yeah, necessarily. I, mean- I don't think that's my purpose, but it definitely allowed me to 
you know, get in the space to be able to talk more. Well, that makes so much sense. And I think that's so cool that the way you looked at it, I don't know, I feel like that's not a, an outlook that a lot of people would have. Like that requires a lot of, I don't know, I think just like self-awareness and maturity. And also like the fact that you, when you saw that Sports Illustrated cover or magazine like years ago that because it made you feel a certain way you then wanted to contribute you know like it's it like leading by example so that other people will have that same mentality Mm -hmm. that's very cool it's the greatest thing that it's one of the greatest things I've ever heard in my life is like you know I, I there was this mom who was like I'm 52 years old and she goes you know we may not look the same or be the same person but the way that you exude confidence it makes me want to be in a bikini and love it. You know, there, if you look closely, I've got some stretch marks in my, in my cover. And I appreciate that about SI swimsuit for, you know, they really, as far as I know, they don't put much airbrushing into their photos. And, and there's people who saw that, you know, I don't have padding in my bikini top, allowing my boobs to just hang in a bra without having them be like pulled up to my chin. That was, that was natural looking. And let, let me tell you, I got so many people being like, you put a cover girl on who's got saggy boobs and then you've got people who, you know, who it means something to, or they're like, wow, that's something so simple, but that message really resonates with me because those look like regular and real. That's the way they hang in a bra. So, yeah. I mean, you know. I know for one, for me, that is huge because I also have like real boobs that I've had since I was 13 mm-hmm. years old and they're definitely not mm-hmm. like what they used to be. And I actually right. think that that look is so hot. I think it's so cool when mm-hmm. women's boobs aren't like just stuck all the way up on their chest at this point. I mean, you know, it's fine either way, but like for me personally mm-hmm. to see models who are like that, I'm like, okay, good. I don't need a boob job right now. <laughs> yeah. But it was so interesting because it like, you don't even think twice about that on set. You know, it wasn't a calculated thing where MJ was like, okay, we're going to pull the padding out of this. We want your boobs to just hang naturally. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just the way they work. It's just always been that way. Mm-hmm. And it's something so little and so crazy for some people listening, but there's going to be people who get it and are like, yeah, because there are so many people where everything has to be just so in that Instagram post. And it's just. Right. What was the casting like? Again, talk about you ask the universe and you shall receive. It was something they'd never done before. It was their first ever open call. And I just remember I moved to LA in February of 2017. It was like my birthday, my 25 year old birthday present to myself. And I was there for a month, didn't have a job, didn't know what I was doing, had little money that I had saved up from that year before. I just remember opening my computer and constantly refreshing the SI swimsuit page, waiting to see the days that were casting dates. And I'm like, all right. I kept going out for that whole month trying to get signed in LA. Like maybe this blonde haired, blue eyed freckles will like work in California, this beachy vibe. I was still getting denied, but it was all in purpose because I was supposed to present myself as is not conform my body or shape my body to the way that these agencies you know, wanted. You know, now that you're saying this, sorry to interrupt you again, but you remind, yeah. I just was thinking you remind me so much of Marissa Miller. Like, I feel like that's the kind of vibe that like when you, oh. you know what I mean? Like what you're describing and what you look like. 100%. Marissa Miller was one of the first models that I saw when I was like, get me in here. Her hips, I was like, wow, that the way that her, her hips looked in a photo, her body is spectacular, but I did never saw a girl who had hips like that mm-hmm. or freckles. And it's so interesting that you say that because today, as I swimsuit posted Polaroids of Marissa Miller back in the day, and I literally commented today, 
she was, she is and was my favorite SI swimsuit model, like caps letters. And you just brought it Ever, up. And that right? just, it's like the biggest compliment that you just said. <laughs> um, well, totally. It's like that yeah. California girl, which is what, I mean, like you're saying, and I think that you totally do fit that, you know, it's so interesting that you're, I'm just blown away that you ever Didn't had work. any, <laughs> it's just, okay. Well, anyway, continue with what happened that at the cast. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, um, so basically I was just kind of getting doors kind of closed. My face are like, come back when you've lost 10 to 15 pounds, you know, get a trainer, get a nutritionist, you know, tighten up your thighs, like a quarter of an inch. Um, and I was like, okay. And then SI swimsuit had their first ever open call, submit a 60 second video to Instagram hashtag SI swim search. And you just really hope that, you know, tens of thousands of videos were coming in and you just really hope that yours didn't go unnoticed. And so I submitted my own casting video without any representation. And it was probably four days later, I got an, a verified DM from SI Swimsuit saying, you have been chosen as one of our finalists. What's the best email to contact you? And then they ended up saying, you know, if you can fly yourself to Brooklyn by this date, you're an official finalist and we'd love to meet you in person and do your Polaroids and get to know you. And so I, I got my butt there and the rest was history. It just continued and continued on. And you know, different layers and eliminations and different things that they were judging you on and interviews and press tours. And then I was one of the winners for the open call. And then when you win, you become a rookie. And then my rookie year turned out one year ago, almost to date, hit the stands. And that was the day I found out. And Wow. Well, congratulations. That is just, Amazing. it's, that's so <laughs> I didn't bore you. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, like, this is so fun to just hear what the process was like. What did you do to celebrate when you found out? Oh my God, what did I do? <laughs> like, can you even well, have the, a drink at that point? Are you like trying to stay in perfect shape or are you just like, I did it. <laughs> when I got cover, when I found out I won swim search. Oh, well, I forgot. Okay. So there's two steps. Okay. So first, yeah. first you became a rookie, right? Yes. Then... We were in Vegas actually. Yes. So we, we celebrated Diplo was on like the DJ, like vibing with us. So uh, he has like a special place in my heart. He was like playing the music I was crying to. So we kind of had a party with us. I swimsuit there. And then when I got the cover, I actually found out in the middle of an interview that I was doing with us. I swimsuit about two days before good morning America was going to reveal it to the world. So I just had to sit alone in my hotel room. And I just remember calling my mom and my boyfriend and I think I kept it a secret from the rest of my family and just told them to turn on good morning America. Wow. Yeah. So I, I couldn't, we celebrated, it was like launch week. It was like, you do a press tour, you go to Miami. It was like, there were so many celebrations. So I was with the whole team. They had stuff set up. It was one of the best times of my life. It was really Yeah. Cool. I can imagine that must've been so incredibly exciting. Oh. One of the things that I like to do on this show is we talk about challenges that we've had and like how something that was once challenging ultimately led to something positive. I mean, we've mm -hmm. kind of been talking about that this entire episode, right. but is there something specific like where you felt really, it could also be not professionally, it could be personally where you felt like something yeah. really dark happened that you, that ultimately was mm -hmm. a good thing? Absolutely. I, um, I'll speak for myself, but I feel like I'm speaking for a lot of people when I say that just from my handful of friends and even my own siblings that I think that there is just, we put so much pressure on ourselves. And now in this day and age of social media and technology, like there's just so many places to compare yourselves to so many different women. And I feel like that really started to play a role when I started to kind of get into that social media game. And I kind of remember falling short of being this confident girl that I was raised to be and what kind of shaped and molded me to, to who I was to the point that I 
started this, this thing called the own it tour. And I realized that you really have to walk the walk if you're going to talk the talk and you really need to reap what you sow because it was really starting to get to me. It's one thing to kind of be that light at the end of the tunnel for someone who's going through a dark place and to be able to kind of speak on a platform. And it's another to kind of sit down and reflect and realize where you are at your life. Maybe like a year and a half ago, I just remember like falling into this like dark hole of criticism from social media, from people who don't know me, from people who don't, you know, have anything to do with the way that I look or operate. And I think the greatest thing that I learned from that, and I say it all the time and I say it to other people is you are already your biggest critic. If you are already so hard on yourself, how dare you allow the opinions of other people get into your mind and get into your space. And so that's just something that I want to kind of leave with the listeners in the sense of like, Listen, we look at ourselves every single day. When before we get in the shower, when we weigh ourselves, when we're in bikinis, when whatever it is, we take photos and we dissect ourselves. Let it go. And don't you dare allow anybody else's opinion to step into your space because it's done it to me. And it's just a dark and lonely world in there. And um, Sports Illustrated Swimsuit really came in a beautiful time because they really do embody everything that I've always wanted to embody in the sense of just accepting all that you are. It's a lot easier said than done and be like, love the skin you're in but it's real. And I remember even shooting my rookie year, I was not in the best shape of my life. You would think that you would be in the best shape of your life for your first ever like career goal. And I really wasn't, but I was so in love with who I was at that point because of where I was in my life. And that, that I was so proud and celebrated that body the same way that the team did. It really helped me on my, on my journey to self-love. So I would really just say, own who you are, compete with yourself, and never allow the opinions, not of your boyfriend, not of your ex, not of your, your friends, not of your parents, of you. What's accepting for you? What's healthy to you? What works for you? And you'll see how literally everything in your life starts to get better when you kind of become one with yourself and you're on your own team. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think that's a great message. I think that, I mean, literally everyone has those moments, especially I think when you're in any way in the public eye, but I think with social media, it's so true. You're seeing mm-hmm. like beautiful woman after beautiful woman left and right. And, you know, what's so exceptional about each of those women really isn't what they look like. It's about who they are and the confidence that they have. And I think that mm-hmm. that's what people will see in you too. And just women in general is like, if they're just being themselves, it's like that. I mean, it sounds cliche or cheesy, but it's like, be yourself because everyone else is taken. Like what's so special Mm -hmm. about each of us is who we are Mm -hmm. on our own. So you're so right. Mm -hmm. It's about just listening to who you want to be and like embracing that, not doing anything based on what anyone else is saying. Yeah. I really love that. Okay. This is, these are kind of like the fun rapid fire questions. Yeah. Yeah. What would the title of your memoir be? Own it. It's the, it's the, the name of, of the tour that I do and, and owning it really is, you know, it sounds cliche until you start to put it into your life and then you realize it works. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can see how that would be the case. What about your never not dancing? Cause you, so, cause I saw that you've got that hashtag going as well. Ooh, I have that trademarked and all that would also be, that would be another, that would be a great one. You have that trademarked. Yeah. <laughs> I have that on hats and oh, here we go. And no one could see, but yeah, this is a never not dancing hat. I'll have that. to get you one. Yeah, I need one because I danced growing up as well, not on the level that you did. You look like a ballerina. Really? I love ballet was my favorite yeah. was my favorite of the different types of dance that I took. But I'm not great at memorizing choreography. Like I don't know what my problem is. I just am not great at it. But during quarantine, 
And I was, I used to be so anti TikTok too, but then during quarantine, I was I found- just going to say, you'll get choreography skills and, and, and memory skills from that. You know what I realized is that, yeah, like I think that the thing with chore- memorizing choreography is actually just doing it over and over again because it becomes easier. Mm-hmm. I realized through doing TikToks that memorizing the choreography became so much quicker and easier when I was just doing it often. Yep. It puts me in such a good mood. If I spend like an hour, hour and a half just dancing, even if it's for a 15 second TikTok, it's like such a yes. mood lifter. Is that like one of your favorite things to do when you're feeling bummed or whatever? Absolutely. Well, that's the one thing that I've always been able to carry. It's like dance is like my ride or die. It's like the thing that pulls me out of any dark place. I remember I went through a really bad breakup actually when I was a Patriots cheerleader before I met my boyfriend now. And I remember saying, if I didn't have dance to go to and kind of escape this, I don't know where I would have been or how long it would have taken me to kind of get out of that toxic place because dance just, I just lost myself in, in dance and choreography. I mean, it's the best. And so what I love about TikTok so much is everyone's doing it. And it just kind of helps with the whole never not dancing movement that it's created in the sense that like anyone can dance, whether you have rhythm or not. Music is a mood booster, depending on the music that you pick, but moving your body is just, it literally releases endorphins. You become happier. Even my brother called me the other day just to tell me, Camille, I've been dancing, looking at myself in the mirror more than I have ever in my life. Like this quarantine is like making me like this ultimate dancer. And I was like, I know. I (laughs) I use it as a way to wake up, brush my teeth. I set aside some time for TikToks. Even if I don't post the video, just learning something as like a brain game and a way of movement. I love it. Yeah, I've been finding that as well. Like I even last night I was making dinner. I don't know why I was feeling kind of, I think quarantine's hard for everybody mentally, right? Like we're just, Mm. it's just kind of hard to compare it to anything we've ever been through, but also just being alone Mm -hmm. a lot of the time. But I was making dinner last night and I was like, oh, this day has been kind of whatever. And then I had a good song came on, on my sound system. And I was like, I just ended up out in the living room with my dog and was like jumping around on the floor with him and like dancing. And all of a sudden I was just in such a good mood. I'm like, why don't I do this more? I need to keep it going. It's so much fun. Yeah. There's literally studies that say that like it, it keeps you youthful and that it keeps you like living longer and your heart happier and your heart healthier. So Keep dancing. Never not dancing. Yeah, I love that. And speaking of music as a mood booster, I have a playlist that we kind of tie into the podcast. And so I ask each guest if there's a song that they love that always puts them in a good mood that I can add to the playlist. Yes. So there's a song called So Close by these DJs called Noted. It's spelled N-O-T-D. And I'm actually the face of their music video. I love the song so much. And there are these two 18-year-old DJs. I believe they're from Germany. I could be wrong. They now open up for Zed, but it was just something I was blasting it all last summer. And so actually, if you look it up, I am literally just dancing the entire music video. They gave me like full creative control to just never not dance. And that forever, that song will just get me up on my feet and get me moving, get me dancing. I love it. And it's just a great beat. You'll, you, you have to listen to yeah, it. Yeah, I'm excited Definitely to. Definitely add it to the list. Yeah, it's going. It's going yeah. on there. It's been really fun <laughs> to get people's song choices because everyone has completely different taste. So that playlist is probably so all over the place, but they're all really fun yeah. songs at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. What would you say is your favorite quality about yourself? I think it's that I always want to make somebody feel good, whether I know them or not. I always make it a point to say hello to somebody when I'm like walking into the grocery store, even if they're minding their business, just like a smile and a wave. I just like 
to make people feel seen and feel warm. And I actually think that the harder someone is to kind of like love, it's like a challenge to me to kind of make them feel loved. So I would say just kind of always being compassionate towards people, even strangers. That's a great quality to have. And I think that's so true. You make a good point that when people are, like you said, a little harder to love or they act like they are, it's the, those are the mm. people who need it the most. It's sweet. You take the time. Oh, they need that tender that. loving care. I just, I remember always saying hello to like the security guard when I would, that would be outside my high school, you know, like stern face. Mm-hmm. And I would just always be like, hey, Steve, how are you? And then like he would crack a smile and it would just make me, I'm like, yay. Like he probably didn't smile a lot today, you know? So it's, um, do you feel like that's your purpose is to like help people in that way? Just to uplift people. And cause I kind of feel like that from you. I love that you say that because I absolutely, and you know, I'm going to go back to it in our crazy girl world. As I'm like, you were saying, you, you know, some world renowned people in the astrology space or therapy space and stuff like that. And there is a, a couple of people that I've seen people that are very quiet and practice and read a lot into what they're, they preach. But I've been told a couple of times that like my soul's purpose, and I truly feel it. I get chills even getting ready to talk about it is to spread love, light, and happiness. And I was always like, well, that's really broad. And then I realized that everything that I've ever done, even just my day to day, wanting like to make people feel warm. And it's not necessarily my job. I'm like, I think that's my purpose. I just want to make people feel good. Even I've been working on creating like a clothing line. I want to be able to talk to every single guy that was working in the factory in Los Angeles. You know, we have a language barrier, but I, we get up, we dance. I tell them that I love them. I tell them, thank you. I want them to make my clothing with love. And he ended up telling his boss who was able to translate it to me. He was like, Camille made me feel so good about coming into work. Like I am so excited to make her clothes. I'm so excited to work with her. And it's just something so little, but it went like, I didn't know that it was going to be so impactful to them, but it makes me feel good to see people that are happy that are, you know, maybe just sitting at a desk all day doing something. So to answer your question, I really think that that is my soul's purpose. And I try to bring it to kind of like my everyday life. It's been hard being away from people with this quarantine, but that's why I was so excited to come on this podcast and you know, doing the Instagram lives and the posts and everything else. Yeah. I think that one good thing that has happened from us being all locked away is that we have been able to produce more content and kind of reach out. Like, I don't know, motivated me. I never had even done an Instagram live before this. Really? No, I I mean, I just feel like, do people need to hear from me more? I don't really know. Like, I feel like I'm already kind of exposed enough, but when you're shut away in your house and you're just craving human connection and, you know, Mm -hmm. and actually had good feedback from doing that. Like I wouldn't have really thought people wanted it, but then once I did, they're like, oh my God, can you do lives more? And so I feel like it's cool that this has kind of propelled us to be more in touch, even though we're disconnected physically, to be more in touch, Mm -hmm. you know, virtually. Totally. And one more question before I let you go. Each guest I have on, I like to ask if there's someone in their life, because one of the purposes of this podcast, speaking of purpose, is to just have a positive impact on other people's lives. And so I like to ask if there's anyone in your life who's going through something really challenging that all of our listeners and us can send positive thoughts or energy to now. I love that. Oh my gosh. Let me think. Boy, and you know, from being in this position, there's so many people that reach out that have a story or have someone who's struggling with something. I just want to send good vibes out to 
all of the listeners right now that are dealing with anxiety, whether it's a breakup, whether it's being lonely, whether it's that loss of human connection and know that we are alone together in a sense. And that I can't speak for you, Caitlin, but I feel like you probably will agree that although I may exude, you know, happiness and confidence a lot, let me tell you, I just had a day two days ago where I just needed to like be with myself. I needed to lay out in the middle of the grass and look up at the stars. I needed to breathe. I needed to recenter and remember that it's okay to feel sad and it's okay to feel happy during these times too. Don't feel guilty for that. So let's just send positive vibes out to everyone listening who really just needs it. And there's a lot of power to that. So we're sending it your way. It's out in the universe. We spoke it. We're sending it to them. That's great. Thank you. I think that's so perfect because I think you're right. That's a very good point that everybody's going through, you know, in their own version, a little bit of a challenge. And some people certainly have it harder than others, but everybody's kind of got their Mm -hmm. thing. So I think that's really great. Thank you so much for doing this. You were a a pleasure to have you here. You're like the perfect guest for this show because you really do speak to everything that this podcast is about. So I loved having you on and when we're allowed to one day hang out. I know. <laughs> no, congrats on this podcast. It's awesome. I read it and I right away, they were like, you interested? I was like, Thank yes. You. The name of it, yes. And then I just read the, the mission statement behind it and I was like, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Take care and we'll talk soon. Bye, girl. Bye. Bye.